0: plushcare.com slash weight loss
1: hello and welcome to cinematic universe the podcast that does for comic book movies what venom does for eating heads i'm joe cunningham and joining me to help make sense of the comics behind the movies are james hunt and i'm on woman i'm on your back I'm back. Right, my memory is terrible. When did we last have you? I believe it was for Black Panther. God, oh, and that seems like a like years and years ago at this point.
2: Was that? Was that? That was February, March. February sixteenth, twenty eighteen is when that movie came out. Wow. A lot
3: has happened.
1: <laughs> Much and it, has it, passed. And we should really mention or just like talk about. How firmly entrenched in pop culture does that movie seem right now? You know, it's like we, we we were talking about it as a fresh new movie coming out and trying to try, you know, come to grips with how much we liked it. I, I think I said in the podcast, someone even talking to you that first time, my appreciation for it grew. Yay! Hey. And, oh. and you and you think like eight eight months on, it it feels like a bear moth
2: that's been around for. <laughs> Years. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. No, no, it's it's really had a massive impact on pop culture. I think of forever, I don't think they knew how big that would be um until the movie came out. And then even I mean to have that be in Infinity War to have the score be such a defining thing that when you just hear those first drums uh, when when Captain America Infinity War says like I know someone and that gets one of the biggest audience reactions in Infinity War, <laughs> um you know it's it's a really impressive powerful thing
1: and I I even I'm on today I as I watched Venom earlier today and <laughs> even like when Run the Jewels came onto the end credits I was like. Oh, I feel nostalgic for the Black Panther trailer.
4: <laughs>
2: well, it's funny you mention that because uh, Ludwig Göransson, who scored Black Panther, also scored Venom. Mm. And, and the score is one of the actually better things about the
1: movie, which we'll get into. <laughs> we will absolutely get into that. So yes, listeners, um, this is one of our special new release episodes. Uh, so we will skip the latest comic book movie and TV news, although it might be relevant to talk about one of those things right at the end of the podcast. Um, and instead, we'll do a spoiler three, a spoiler-free section where we discuss Venom, and then we will get into full-on spoilers and um, yeah, tear it to pieces like Venom would. Um, <laughs> a faceless soldier. It will be our spoiler-filled discussion of Ruben Fleischer's 2018 movie Venom. But before any of that, I'm going to ask uh, James to explain something that I don't know. I definitely don't know much about. Uh, Amon might be able to chime in, or he might be just as clueless as me. James, tell us about Mr. Negative. Mr. Negative? Yes. Um, so
3: he's a character called Martin Lee, who he, he runs like a, a shelter for homeless people, but also on the side, he is a crime boss, and he has uh, the powers of turning himself into a negative of himself, where he's evil, and he can corrupt other people with his touch.
1: So I'm sure lots of our listeners will know why I'm asking about this character because <clears> <throat> he plays he plays a plays a fairly large role in the new Spider-Man PS4 game which I started
3: has... playing yesterday. Yeah.
2: Wow. Late to the party, James.
3: I had a very big freelance job that just could not let up for a minute.
1: <laughs> I have completed 79% of the game and it is one of those games where I kind of don't want to progress the overall story because I'm having so much fun doing the side <laughs> yeah, missions. Yeah. <laughs> You just oh. swing around, the, swing around the city, and going like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll absolutely, I'll chase a <laughs> pigeon. I'll do whatever you want
2: me to do." <laughs> <laughs> I, I, a hundred percented the game uh, like oh. a week and a half ago. It was, it was so funny because actually. A couple of days before I started playing the game, I was in New York. I was in the States for the first time ever. (laughs) Um, And I come back, Spider-Man is waiting for me, and I put it on. And obviously, New York is rendered in such painstaking detail. (laughs) And I was just like, I was literally there like two hours ago. I was there, (laughs) it's insane. So it was fun to play in that regard, too. I've just been
3: spending my entire time like going to the Highline and going to Battery Park and being uh, like, yeah. oh, I love New York so much.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we're all New York converts here. Um, I thought I'd ask you about Mr Negative because A, he looks cool. Um, mm-hmm. And B, uh, I, I Googled him and saw that he was created by Dan Slott. But he, yeah, he's he has kind recent... of he kind of has a vibe of a character that I don't know you'd expect would maybe have been around longer.
3: Yeah, he's a very sort of recent creation that Dan Slott did in his, you know, in in his legendary 10-year run or whatever that he has just completed. Um, I think he was introduced quite near the start of it uh, as a character who kept sort of coming back and he was, yeah, he was just one of these like street-level crime boss characters that Spider-Man fought a lot of in the 60s and 70s and who sort of... They got faded away for the sort of big, you know, crazy symbiotes and and stuff in the nineties. Um, mm. And so, Dan Slott sort of created a character with that classic vibe. And yeah, is he's, he's one of the the better things of Dan Slott's run, and that you know that was a very
1: good run in the first place. So, mm. uh, yeah, I've I've definitely been a fan on the game just visually. He.
3: Yeah, I can I can full. recommend looking out the comics that he's in because
1: they're all good. And it just it feels to it feels to me very interesting that despite there being no live action Spider Man movie until next year, well, uh, the, no live action Spider Man movie that we've seen a trailer for yet, and yet Spider Man seems to be kind of dominating pop culture one way or another for this this last month or so. We'll talk about the animated Spider-Man trailer slash extended clip um, at the end of the podcast, I think, um, and the video game. And, you know, like it or not, Venom is, I think, (laughs) yeah, keeps keeps Spider-Man in mind, just about. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I, I thought I'd ask about Mr. Negative because he is cool. But anyway, that's not what the listeners are here for. The <laughs> listeners are here to hear about Venom. Uh, so we'll start off, listeners, with our spoiler-free section. So we'll talk briefly about what we all thought about the movie. Um, it it's not the the word on the street is not good. <laughs> I haven't seen I haven't seen many people coming out in support of the, the movie and. Um, James, I could pretty much hear your laughs from down in Milton Keynes up here in Nottingham. <laughs> yeah. Um,
3: I have to say, during the first half, there was not a lot of laughing. During the second half, there was a lot of laughing. Not all of it necessarily what the film intended. <laughs> I mean, there, you know, I know it's still spoiler free, but I cannot resist quoting my favourite line. I'll pilot the spacecraft myself. If if you don't laugh at that, you're dead inside.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Amon, we uh, we were talking about like who, who would be a good guest for this episode, and whenever we're discussing guests, your name inevitably comes up. Really, uh, and 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 um, and James, uh, either James or Seb said like there's a chance that Amon could like it. He's he's generally positive about things. Um, are you generally positive
2: about Venom? <laughs> that is a negative.
4: Uh, <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, you know, it's been it's been really it's been actually a really good time for me with comic book movies right now because, as you say, normally I'm you know very positive. I I love you know comic book movies, but you know I was having discussions with uh, people not just about Venom but about some of the other comic book movies coming out, and it's like a toss up between which one. I'm least excited for when it came to like Venom, Joker and Dark Phoenix, none of which I'm particularly hyped about. I think Venom sort of was very low down that list. Um, none of the trailers did anything for me at all. Um, and so my expectations were pretty much on the floor uh, going into it. And, you know, there was, I guess there were a couple of moments where um you know, Venom threatened to be interesting, but it never really, uh, sort of clicked for me. Uh, I was, cu- I was very underwhelmed. Um, and yeah, there was a lot of unintentional laughter, which is not what, uh, the <laughs> <laughs> not what you want from a film like this. And yeah, there was, there was a couple of moments in where as well, which reminded me of uh, Batman versus Superman and not in a good way. Um, <laughs> but we will get to that in the spoiler section, I'm sure. So
1: I, I really wanted to like this movie because just for the purposes of this podcast, I thought it's going to suck if we all just sit around and tear this movie to shreds and, you know, have a lot of fun, of it, fun at its expense, um, which is why I'm delighted to say that I liked this movie, you guys.
2: Oh my God. <laughs> I think Shit. I might be one of the few people
1: <laughs> I had, wait for it, an absolute riot.
3: even okay i can i can fully believe that you had an absolute riot in the back half
1: right no so no the whole way through i had a great time i need to i need to
2: giving you an out there Jill. i need to (laughs)
1: caveat this with something uh the caveat is i concede that it is not a good movie it is not a well-directed movie The, the the way that it seems to have been carved up in (laughs) post-production is is very very telling and like there are obvious points in the movie where you go you've just skipped 20 minutes here (laughs) we've you've definitely just skipped 20 minutes having said that i was i enjoyed myself start to finish and tom hardy was the reason i've seen a lot of people saying that this movie feels like a throwback to like pre-2008 pre-Dark Knight pre-Iron Man um superhero movies um it reminded me more of a throwback to like 70s and 80s comedies like stuff like um The Man With Two Brains or Little Shop of Horrors and or like How To Get Ahead Headed Adversives no that's that's not the right movie what's the Richard E. Grant one where he grows a second head <laughs> whatever I don't that think I've seen it whatever that movie is um it reminded me of all of those kind of movies and so apparently Tom Hardy said that his favorite 40 minutes of this movie were cut from the final edit I
3: think it must be the forty minutes that explain anything that is happening. <laughs> yep.
1: I'm I am gonna buy the shit out of this Blu-ray to see those extra forty minutes. <laughs> if I if I see that the Venom Blu-ray is coming out with a hell of a lot of deleted scenes, I am buying it because I want to see that every I want to see every moment of Tom Hardy doing what he did in this movie. I and I, honestly, I kind of got to the point about. I, I think there's there's some bad edit points early on uh, um, around like the first inciting incident that puts Eddie in a in a bad spot, um, and at that point I was like, oh right, okay, I understand what this is. This is a movie that's gone through, you know, studio edits, and I reconciled with that pretty early on, and then just rolled with it. So whenever the plot was doing something stupid. I didn't care because I was like, "Look what Tom Hardy's doing!" <laughs> and I think is- I think it's worth it for that. This isn't for me one of those terrible Fantastic Four like movies where you go, "What now? What? What do I walk away from this with?" And I can walk away from this saying that is one of the more interesting blockbuster performances that I've seen in the last five years
3: see i can I completely see where I're coming from with like it's a throwback to like these weird eighties horror comedies or whatever because the the last forty minutes of the film basically is that, and those are the fun forty minutes it's I'm not sure it's worth the boring stuff at the start where they're trying to do this really sort of po faced picture of a man being like laid low by the the enemies in power around him. And, it, and, like, suddenly it turns into this crazy monster movie.
1: I don't feel like that's that much of the movie, though. It is a lot of the movie. And, and honestly, I liked all of the stuff post-Eddie being exposed to the symbiote, but pre as actually seeing Venom. So I, I really liked all of that. As soon as
3: Venom starts talking, that's when I like it. That's when I started having fun. But that's quite a way in. It's at least halfway uh, in. I
2: mean... There's something to be said for, you know, having fun in moments. And, you know, I don't entirely disagree with what you said in the last few minutes or so. But I just, I couldn't turn my critical brain off enough to fully (laughs) enjoy uh, the other stuff. There's so much... Which doesn't work on a critical level that is just like, I can't, I just, I can't with this movie. So, Which, yeah. welcome to the next two hours of this podcast where, <laughs> where you guys discuss
1: something that's not good about this movie. And I go, yeah, but Tom Hardy though.
2: <laughs> Tom Hardy, I mean, I will give him this. This is a Nicolas Cage level of commitment he's given to this role. <laughs> yeah. And I'll, I'll give him that. That, that was impressive. Um, there's a, a sequence where, it has to say it ends up it ends up with him to sort of in I'm not sure what to even call it, but you know it's, it takes place at a restaurant. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he goes fully. You know he, do, he doesn't do things uh, by half measures. That one, and um, that's what I love about
1: the movie is that it it al- it allows itself to go to that really weird place and in uh, you know in this era where we are all complaining about like superhero homogeneity i yeah give give me a venom every so often
3: the thing is right you have these really like weird sequences but no one is reacting in any way that has any like verisimilitude to it so like there's that scene where venom venom eddie's like ex-girlfriend walks in on him like fully venomed out like tearing up a building and she says to him like eddie you're not well you need to get to a hospital <laughs> and you're like thinking no what the fuck wait what like did he just turned into an alien in front of you why are you recommending a hospital <laughs> like there it's just the film is littered with stuff like that
1: i ju- you know uh, ju- there's I-, I think the reason why stuff like that possibly exists is because maybe in another cut of the movie, <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, definitely. she
1: definitely. she had encountered him before. Yeah. Anyway, should we? Uh, Shall we get into spoilers? <laughs> yes. To, because yeah, I think it's pretty clear what we think about this movie. Uh, so let's give our listeners uh, a little taste of the trailer for this movie, <laughs> um, which does not do it justice, and then we'll be back with our spoiler-filled discussion of Venom.
4: I'm
0: Eddie Brock. I'm a reporter. I always seem to find myself questioning something the government may not be looking at. I found something really bad,
2: and I have been
3: taken.
0: Look around in the world. What do you see? A planet on the brink of collapse. Human beings are disposable. But man and symbiote combined. This is a new race, a new species. A higher life form. What do you want from me? You'll find out. I'm so sorry. We cannot just hurt people. Look into my eyes, Eddie. The way I see
4: it. We can do
0: whatever we want. That power, it's not completely awful. You have no idea how much you're scaring me right now. Eddie, cooperate. And you just might survive.
3: Guys, you do not want to do this, trust me.
0: Giant leaps will always come at a cost.
2: Say Yeah. Name is Jen.
1: Okay. Spoilers, you guys. Um <laughs> What what is the spoileriest thing about this movie that you could tell someone that hasn't seen it?
2: I would say that the switch from Venom is a villain to Venom is an anti-hero trying to save the world <laughs> is almost as whiplash-inducing as the Martha <laughs> moment in Batman versus Superman, and it's just as hilarious. I, literally I mean, burst there is one line justifying it, right?
4: There's one no, line just goes, oh, <laughs> no, it's okay, I'm good
1: now. Oh, no, okay, good, yeah. no, he says, he says, oh, on my planets, I'm kind of a loser too. <laughs> that, that
3: moment is
1: I bit that I probably so laughed much. so hard at. Yeah. Just, the I, thing but I like
3: about that, right, is that implies there is some kind of symbiote pecking order, and like there are other symbiotes going like, "Oh, why can't Venom be more like Riot?" Yeah. <laughs> like a, yeah. he's a loser
1: apparently somehow <laughs> by the standards of symbiotes. There's a planet <laughs> with millions of symbiotes, that, and Venom's kind of a loser.
4: <laughs> and
1: by what metric? By the same <laughs> metric that the Eddie's a loser. <laughs> They're just on their on their planets. They, what they Venom kind of... lost his YouTube channel. <laughs> uh, let's talk about that. <laughs> that is it is what we'll we'll get to we'll get to all of the crazy spaceship plot mechanics of the thing. But so if anyone is listening to this, which because uh, I think actually a lot of people will have been put off seeing the movie, so we probably should talk them through it. Yeah. So. The movie opens with the Life Foundation, and I'd forgotten that they were called the Life Foundation, and I just remembered that there was that Ryan Reynolds, Jake Hall, Rebecca Ferguson movie a year or so ago called Life, mm-hmm. that people at the time thought might be a stealth Venom prequel. Do you remember? Because <laughs> yes. the, because the symbi- well, sorry, the alien in that was like black and gooey, and in the trailer, they'd actually use some cutaway shots that were used in Spider Man Three, mm-hmm. which uh, and for a minute I was like, "Wait, they didn't deny it." And then it is, is it? I oh, know it's just the Life <laughs> Foundation. So the Life Foundation has been probing space and has come back with now four <laughs> four symbiotes, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, one of which escapes, mm-hmm. and that n- that's not Venom. That's no that's the symbiote that's That's going to be riot riot. yeah one of them is venom obviously one of them dies Mm -hmm. in so there is another one that i don't think we ever see or is that is that
3: no no you you've correctly counted
1: yeah so we see the or do we see it but we don't actually see it kind of become a it, it doesn't, we it doesn't bond it, with anyone. We see it
3: right at the start, but we don't see them testing it or anything. It just disappears after is the it, first crash or whatever. Is
1: that the yellow one? Yeah. And is that, I presume, Carnage?
3: I mean, Carnage isn't yellow. Um, Carnage is red, that, right? Yeah,
1: probably. Okay, we, we might be able to come back to that. Anyway, so we we have some kind of, like, actiony sequences out in Malaysia where the... Uh, where the thing is crashed. I mean, and then. We- reshoot land, you mean? <laughs> and then we go to San Francisco, which is where uh, the majority of the film is set, which is where the Life Foundation are based. Uh, they have a CEO uh, called Carlton Drake, and he's played uh, by Riz Ahmed. Um, and separately, we meet Eddie Brock, who is a. So he like presents like a Vice News style show, right? Mm hmm. So what, well, and and it was interesting that you said YouTube, James, because
4: <laughs> basically it's
1: technically on a broadcaster, yeah. So a broadcaster like like a Vice News kind of thing is showing these videos, and it's all kind of like it's like woke content, right? From it's like yeah, social it's like social level justice social
3: justice journalism,
1: and the film throws in a couple of phrases like fake news early on to kind of let you know that it is kind of it's kind of a bit woke as well um and eddie is eddie goes to uh he's asked to interview carlton drake in a bit of a puff piece um his girlfriend or fiance um <laughs> Anne, who is played by michelle williams also happens to be representing the life foundation in court and the night before he goes to interview carlton drake Eddie finds some files, on, a fi- sees a file on a computer, and figures out that oh, the Life Foundation, pretty bad, no good. You know they've they've been they've been giving people pancreatic cancer because pancreases are, are a recurring theme in this movie. Um, and Eddie is like, well, obviously I can't let that stand. Tries to kind of uh, gotcha, uh, Carlton Drake, and Carlton Drake kind of quickly ends the interview. And within two scenes that I think last conservatively five seconds each, (laughs) Eddie loses his job and Michelle Williams leaves him because she has also lost her job. And I think the idea is this is how powerful Carlton Drake is. Uh, But it also feels like, oh no, there was more plot here and we've skipped the hell over it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you guys are finding all of this boring?
3: I mean, but... up until this point, it's just funny. After this, it becomes boring for a while when Eddie's basically just wandering around and nothing's happening to him.
1: <laughs> there are there are a couple of like extended shots of. It's funny because I like I was watching the film and going like, yeah, they, they've just spent like twenty twenty five seconds just of a tracking shot of Eddie walking down the street, feeling mm-hmm. a bit morose, or they've they've like cut between three different angles of him sat on the bridge looking out to the water kind of contemplating life and yet something like michelle williams <laughs> his fiance, leaving him it's like yeah well eddie you've you've lost me my job so it's over here's the ring and Tom Hardy <laughs> kind of goes i guess and then just watch the leaf <laughs> yeah there's no there's no fight there's no nothing um but i yeah i was enjoying that but the what, the thing that did occur to me, James, plot wise, which I keep coming back to that you talking about YouTube is, surely Eddie, a person who's been doing Vice News style stuff for a broadcaster, could just set up his own YouTube channel and carry on doing that, right? And probably make more money than he did. Quite, before. he
3: could. You know, he could open a Patreon, <laughs> <do> a Kickstarter. <laughs> There's plenty of options for him.
1: He could I mean, sell t is, is shirts like, on Redbubble.
3: This movie takes place in a sort of weird future, near future, where obviously that option isn't available to him, but people do sort of just go to space and find a bunch of aliens and that's fine. That's normal.
1: The space thing is... It's just so quickly... I I talked about this in our (laughs) Spider-Man 3 episode, our Venom just kind of like arrives from space and in this movie universe where lots of people have got powers from like weird experiments and stuff, it just suddenly goes oh and aliens is that cool and yes. I, I i never quite got over it in spider-man 3 how blase it was introduced here it's just this is the status quo this is a world that to all intents and purposes seems like ours but space travel and not just space travel private corporations traveling into space far enough that they can harvest symbiotes and bring them back down to yeah
3: Earth. i mean i want to get amon's take on this but just quickly the thing I noticed that was very interesting about the, the symbiote collection is that the way they frame it is, Carlton Drake says, uh, I, I wanted to go to space because I decided there would be a cure for cancer there because that makes sense. And we went to space. We didn't find anything. On the way back, we found a comet. And on that comet was a ton of symbiotes. And it's like, wait, wait. so you went somewhere, didn't find anything and then came back, but f- bumped into some symbiotes on the way back. Why, why didn't you just go, like, why didn't the writers go, oh, they can just go to a comet? And on that comet, turns out to be symbiotes. Why was he looking for a cure for cancer in space?
1: Yeah. Amon, could you shed any light on this? Uh, a, why was he looking for a cure for cancer in space? And, like, is... what? What is his MO? Like, what does Carlton Drake want? Because <laughs> his company does lots of good stuff, but he... He's bad. And he's definitely, he's definitely bad.
2: I don't really have a a good answer (laughs) for you on either of those. Um, One thing that did confuse you, I'll say this. The film tries to go, you know, really tries to amplify the importance of the connection between the symbiote and the host and how it needs to be like perfect for them to Mm. coexist. And yet, when... Early, early on, that is certainly the case. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, Viat, the <laughs> one who escapes and who, like, goes through multiple hosts, you know, uses his powers fine, no matter what the host, no matter who the host is, like, the, 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 the Chinese woman, the, the little girl, goes on the flight, no problems whatsoever. I don't get that. Doesn't make any sense to me. Well, yeah. so... Well,
3: Venom also infects a dog and Michelle Williams. And neither of them sort of explode like the homeless guy well, did.
1: So, right, I'm going to apply my logic to this. And I do think the film is extremely clumsy with it. But the logic that I can kind of take away is that symbiotes can bond with humans, they can also choose not to. And if they just want to feed, they can just immediately feed on the host. Or they can bond with the host, and if they're not a good match, it's not going to last very long, and eventually they'll start to kill the person. But if they are a good match, they can just continue to coexist. So, I guess the Michelle Williams one, which I agree is so bizarre, but I kind of love that scene. (laughs) Uh, um, it, I, I assume that he that Venom can bond with Michelle Williams for a short amount of time, but they're not a good match, so he immediately jumps back to Eddie. Um But yeah, if he'd have stayed with Michelle Williams, she would have started to die a lot faster than oh,
2: yeah. But the, if if he'd have just wanted to eat if he just wanted to eat her, he could have done. And the extreme unlikelihood that this movie gets a sequel <laughs> it's really going to pay for not establishing these rules properly. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. It's gonna need. Yeah. Hopefully, maybe in the sequel they can retcon on it or you know really make it clear because right now it's not.
1: <laughs> I hey, do, listen. I, I just explained it. it. <laughs> maybe they can bring me, in as a, bring me in as a consultant. I can work with Tom and tell him how much I liked his first movie. <laughs>
3: I do um, I, will I do forward, have a theory about Carlton Drake, I'll, actually. Which is well, that, I think, in the original version of this film, like the pre-getting sliced to Rivens thing, he was a symbiote much earlier on. Because they, they make a point. I was talking about this with Matt Looker, who is uh, a fellow film uh, guy.
1: His he was great, by the way. A thought. former former podcast guest, right?
3: Yeah. Did we have him on? We must have I'm had sure. him
1: on, right? I'm sure we had Matt on for, for a film that I can't remember...
3: Yeah, we should have him on again if not. But anyway, yeah. I was talking with Matt about uh about this film and he pointed out like they when they discuss Carlton Drake's life, they say like oh yeah, uh, suddenly at age 14, it turned out he was a genius and he developed this new genetic cure thing and then he built this foundation that decided to go into space and then he goes into space and he chances across some symbiotes and he brings them back. And I realized like the film makes a lot more sense if you assume that he is a symbiote who has arrived on Earth and gone Oh, this is a planet we can live on. I'm going to go and get my mates and bring them back here.
2: He does talk of humans as if he's not one. Yeah,
3: Probably. there's a very there's a very early yeah. point in the film as well where he says we. And mm. um, who's the scientist woman?
4: Oh, uh, Jenny, um, Jenny, Jenny Slay. Yeah. yeah,
3: she looks sort of... Wait a second, what do, what do you mean we? As if uh. he's got a symbiote in him. And so I think there's that version of the film and everything with the crash at the start the the woman slowly the woman symbiote slowly making its way to San Francisco, I think all that was added after, and he was a symbiote much earlier on in the film, which would explain that, his obsession with space, for example,
1: yeah, and would make sense and would make sense why he would be able to develop the technology to get to space, why he'd know that the symbiotes mm-hmm. are there, yep, yeah, so he could have been riot all along, basically, yep, and it would also explain why. Carton drake is a is a match with riot why they are supposedly a a solid match yeah although as we find out not as not as strong as venom and uh, (laughs) eventually
3: i mean it would certainly (laughs) explain why he sort of presents himself as a good guy and then just is indiscriminately killing people for no reason for the rest of the film yeah like hey i'm i'm a kind of cheeky elon musk figure uh just keep (laughs) killing homeless people until
1: one works and that would again that would kind of make sense of his motivations that the the kind of the good stuff that the corporation are doing is a front for him to be able to go back to space yeah yeah that makes that makes too much sense to i've ever been in the mind of this movie james i'm sorry it's probably not true <laughs> uh matt was on our doctor strange episode by the way there we go Nice. A, a similarly underrated movie, <laughs> although not quite as underrated as this, because everyone hates it, apart from me. So Eddie and Anne break up, which I keep, every time I read that her name is Anne, it doesn't quite compute. I don't think I ever remember her name, but I just I do remember her being Michelle Williams. Michelle Williams. Yeah, uh, adding adding a little bit of gravitas to the movie.
2: I think, you know, the the, the more impactful loss is the separation between Tom Hardy and Mr. Belvedere. That's, that's, (laughs) that's what, that's what really hurts (laughs) her. Oh dear.
3: (laughs) I mean, just, just where we're on Michelle Williams, right? Her role in this movie is so 90s in that she is like the it's almost Batman levels of like, oh yeah, it's the love interest. She She's going to be with the hero. There might be another guy,
1: but uh, you know, fuck him. Oh no, but the other guy's, the other guy's nice. And he's played by Reed Scott from Yeah, Deep
3: But Newbie she Lime. like, she blatantly just goes, oh, actually I still love Tom Hardy, even though he's like insane. Like the other guy disappears like before the end of the film, right? Uh, He's out of the picture by the end. But then, I'm not uh, sure. they're not.
1: They're not. They're not back together at the end of the movie.
3: Uh, they're not officially back together, but she does kiss him, right?
1: She kisses uh, him as, as Venom. As Venom, yeah. yeah.
3: In in one of the film's greatest scenes, <laughs> where Tom Hardy makes out
1: with Venom. We'll We'll get to it. <laughs> I have uh, an interesting I- fact about that, actually. But yeah, when we get to it i just uh, got to say, uh, there was a very great interview with Michelle Williams, the Hollywood reporter, and she was asked why. Why? Just ask why.
4: <laughs> yeah, kind of.
1: And she said, these kind of movies open up other opportunities and possibilities in your life. Some people say, take one of these movies and it'll be even easier to make Kelly Reichardt movies. Kelly Reichardt had a movie that she wanted to get going this fall. I didn't have a huge part, but I was going to be in it. She couldn't get the funding for it, which boggles my mind. If Venom is a big hit, maybe it'll make it easier for a film- <laughs> filmmaker like Kelly to get her movie made. I don't know. So smaller movies have my heart, but bigger, bigger movies like Venom are enticing because they're new and fun to me. And I love that Michelle Williams has taken Venom on the off chance that it might get her, it might get Kelly <laughs> Reichardt's next movie made. I which, think, I think she's going
3: to be phony at Michelle Williams being like, thanks a lot for that. Because now my film's never getting
1: made. <laughs> <laughs> I think Michelle Williams is good in this.
3: Oh yeah, she's great. Um, like with the tiny amount of stuff she's given to do.
2: Right. So I, I was not a fan of her performance. I thought it was just very. I was. Bland, I was not a fan of I, her wig. <laughs> no, I was. I think she has you no know, very little chemistry with Tom Hardy as well, which doesn't help. Things. Oh. I, def- I, I definitely didn't...
1: I mean, not as much chemistry as... I, I feel like Venom really brings them together, you guys. That's, <laughs> and that's yeah, ultimately why the best scene in the Venom. movie is the best scene in the movie. Um, <laughs> so, after they break up, we then cut to, what is it, six months later. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it it, it, it reminded me... I've been watching the new season of BoJack Horseman on Netflix this week, <laughs> um, and... There's a really funny gag in one of those episodes about like they flash back and it's 6 it's 60 days earlier and then it flashes forward 57 days and they're like 57 days later brackets 3 days earlier than than the first scene. Um and the, there was a little bit of that to to this I thought in that it flashed forward 6 months and that made a huge amount of sense for Eddie because you need to see how he's degenerated um Makes kind of less sense for the life foundation that they've just been kind of prodding these symbiotes for two months. And even even less sense for the Malaysian lady who has taken two months to get to an airport. So so after... So this is... And this is Riot, yeah? This is... Riot is in that body. Yeah. Riot is... At the end of the movie, going to pilot the aircraft, of the spaceship himself. But at the start of the movie, it takes him sixty days to get from one part of Malaysia to an air, to an airport. <laughs>
3: yeah, I mean, presumably you were spending a lot of time learning what airports were. Sorry, I keep passport.
1: saying I keep saying sixty days because that's the Bojack Horseman thing. It's six months. <laughs> I'm sorry, I've done this. I've done this real wrong. Six months to get to that airport. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. right so it's not, even, still...
3: it's not even the funniest sort of mismatch in the film
1: uh you can point that out once we get to it james yeah i will <laughs> but so this is this is, so i'm sat watching a movie and I, i'm vaguely aware of people talking online about venom and saying like oh half of, and i it's, this was probably you james saying like Half of the movie is half the movie is quite fun, but the other half is, is dull as anything. And I'm watching this section going, "Well, oh, it's going to be a shame in the second half when it gets really <laughs> when it gets really boring." Because I liked this, I liked watching Eddie in the bar and going into the like. I just I liked him bumming. I, I liked kind of crappy bum Eddie. And I just I just like he does, liked he does watching look that quite character. like he
3: would stink, doesn't he? Because he wears, like, tracksuit bottoms and a sweater and it's always soaked through with sweat and grime.
1: I I, I, liked, I liked his interactions with, like, the, the the homeless woman on the street, with the... Um, so I love the, the point where the guy in the bar goes, aren't you, Eddie Brock? It's like, oh, he's that level of famous that people would notice him on the streets, <laughs> but yet he can't do anything to make money. Yeah. <laughs> I like it in the can't I like it in the book, convenience store. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like his stuff in the convenience store um, on uh, all three occasions. Um, and I re- I love the moment where the guy next store is playing the loud music, and he just goes, <laughs> and that's pre Venom. That's just that's just Tom Hardy giving a comedic performance. Because, you guys, Tom Hardy is really good at this movie.
2: What are you so bored during this bit for? No, I, you know, I don't disagree with that statement. I do think Tom Hardy is very good in this movie. He's, he's given it his all. And no matter how ridiculous the situation, he was always sort of, you know, entertained to watch. And i I, I, I got to give the movie that. And he give and. And when we get to the venom bits later in the
1: movie, when he is delivering lines like, oh, my planet, I'm kind of, I just, I can't do the voice, but on my planet, I'm a loser as well, Eddie. And you're like, and you're like, this is, this is workable as a nonsense stitch around because Tom Hardy is performing those lines. There's a couple of times where actually Venom voice gets very close to Christian Bale Batman, and it yeah. made me so happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: But, I mean, what what stage are we at here? Like, just Tom Hardy has been wandering around being Tom Hardy without anything to act off for, like, what, it... 15, 20 minutes?
1: Yeah, I, I reckon that's about the length of that stretch. Between the breakup and bonding and bonding with the symbiote for the first time and then jenny slate
3: goes oh uh, we've been murdering people i i'm probably not cool with that actually
1: so the, the the less interesting bits for me are the cutaways back to the life foundation because i i really like riz Ahmed and i think that he has a big big role in his future um not just not just showing up in big movies in uninteresting parts but i think eventually there will there will be a role that really clicks for him mm-hmm. and like i put, i've said this for years i would be more than happy if he was taken into consideration to be the next james bond that's just that's literally just my taking it but
2: i don't disagree with that
1: yeah i'm a, i'm a big riz fan um and I have been since shifty really which is a really super underrated british movie um, I
3: think for the benefit of any Americans listening, go and watch four lions. Oh yeah. Cause that just that performance is so amazing. Like it is brilliant on about five different levels. Whereas in this, he does a passable accent.
1: Yeah. Uh, which is weird as well. Cause he talks about being like having British parents. Yeah. But he's still <laughs> doing his American accent. Yeah. And it's one of those things that it reminded me. I was like, Oh yeah. T- here like when the interview is happening when he says that i'm like oh yeah look at these two british guys who are just chatting to each other and <laughs> uh, like but yeah they're in this enormous hollywood movie and one of them is playing a sim symb- well i guess they're both going to end up playing symbiotes
4: mm-hmm.
1: um also have they post right in the trailer it was a big deal that jenny slate said symbiote right
3: yeah they overdubbed it right
1: yeah she doesn't say that at all in no, the movie
3: they adr'd it completely <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, so uh, by that virtue, I'm sure Seb will enjoy the movie. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I I struggled when it did cut back to the lab because it was just kind of generic evil guy doing evil things. And I feel like I've seen that scene uh, uh, done a lot of times where a faceless guy is trapped in a room with something that's dangerous because a scientist wants to see what will happen. Yeah, and then...
3: What what happens is he dies and they go continue the experiment.
1: Yeah, and then they do the other they do the stuff with the other guy who's like slowly having liver failure, and it feels weird that they're trying to like you said, Amon, that they're trying to. It feels like really drive home what the rules are with this with the symbiotes, but by virtue of how they edited the second half of the movie, those rules do
2: not apply. Like, yeah, really <laughs> do not no.
3: The thing also I found a- odd, actually, sorry, I'm just... Yeah, the thing I found odd is that the, the classic comics thing is that symbiotes amplify your strength and aggression. And that isn't really the case in this movie. Like, they just, they turn you into a superhero is what they do. It's- like, there's there's no talk of the psychological effects that makes Venom quite an important
2: character.
4: Yeah.
2: No, it's a shame. I mean, even though making a Venom movie without Spider-Man is not advisable, um, (laughs) there there is still... I didn't Didn't,
1: didn't really felt like if Spider-Man had to turn up in this movie, I would have liked it less.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think there's still a good Venom solo movie you can make, but this is not it. I mean, I could... (laughs) Like great I could, <laughs> I mean, I could see for, for one thing, and you know, we haven't really touched it yet. But this Venom is definitely skewed to be sort of more of an anti-hero. I think they should have gone full villain with this movie. I think they should have had. I could. I could easily see an arc where sort of Venom sort of starts out as a villain, but you know, ends the movie with a connection to Eddie Brock, um, which both well, of them that accept. It is. It is kind of what they
1: do. It's just that it flips so <laughs> abruptly that it's not an arc. It's not
3: so an they arc. Do... It's just like two points in a line. Because yeah,
2: they because they, they do have introduce the... him like that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, I also think they go, they go. I'm getting ahead of myself, uh, but the introducing a world ending scenario so quickly. Um, I do not think was the smartest move <laughs> either. Um, they should have definitely gone something more smaller scale. Cause I could easily see it going from you know Venom sort of start ends this movie as a villain, then you introduce Carnage and have Venom versus Carnage, and then possibly you introduce Spider Man and have a Venom and Spider Man team up, mutual hatred over Carnage, and do it that way. Um, but now with how they this movie, I just I don't know uh, exactly they going with it? So I mean, it, the, it feels like the version of
1: Venom that we get in this movie is—he's it, it. Venom, Venom, the symbiote, is a real bad dude, right? He turns <laughs> up, and all he wants to do is eat heads. And he is also—he's on board for going back and getting his mates, and then destroying the Earth. He's a bad guy, and he—he's he, telling Eddie that. He won't kill him, but actually we find out in the hospital scene that he is killing him.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so
1: he is he's a bad guy, and Eddie kind of remains a good guy, but with enough moral flexibility that he will kind of allow Venom to do the stuff he needs to do to keep them both alive and also to take down the Life Foundation. But and then what the point that we get to is Venom turns on a dime and wants to stay and doesn't for for my money doesn't seem to turn into a good character, but he allows himself to be to rather than for him to govern Eddie, kind of allows Eddie to take the reins more <laughs> a symbiosis if you will. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, and kind of ends the movie not totally, not totally bad. (laughs) I mean,
3: I think the thing is, right, I think Amon was right in that this, this film didn't need a world ending scenario. What it needed was, right, at the start of the film, Eddie loses his, loses the woman he loves and he loses his purpose in life because of the life foundation, right? So the the climax of this film should have been him realizing, like, A, the symbiote is an adequate replacement for the woman he loves because he, you know, they have this unbreakable personal bond that is, you know, as deep as love. And that's how it's portrayed in the comics. That's, you know, an interesting thing about Venom is that he doesn't need personal attachments because he's got a symbiote, which provides all of the emotional needs he has. And... He takes down the Life Foundation, who fucked his life up. That's all that needs to happen. It, you don't need to save the world as well.
1: Yeah. No, agreed. I, you, you don't even really need any other symbiotes in this movie.
3: No, yeah, you just need just need them fighting over Venom.
1: Yeah, you, you can have Venom crash on the Earth, and yeah, he starts off in the lab, he goes to Eddie... They try and get him back from Eddie. Ven- they, Venom yeah, decide- they put him on Carlton. Yeah, well, no, but maybe just like Venom decides that he that he wants to stay with Eddie because he's a better match and so agrees to team up with Eddie to take down the Life Foundation. Cause uh, I mean, I th- if
3: I, okay, if I was writing it, I would have had the symbiote on Carlton and then at some point during the final fight, like Eddie decides, I'm going to stop him with or without the symbiote. He goes to do it and mid fight, the symbiote's like, Oh, it's it's Eddie. I like Eddie more than Carlton. I'm going to go to him. Then he bites off Carlton's head or whatever.
1: Or you do your you, your story that you were talking about. Maybe they did originally have. Yeah. Is that Eddie goes to fight Carlton, and that's the point at which it's revealed that he's <laughs> that he's already he's a symbiote, been a symbiote yeah. all along.
2: Mm-hmm. Should we talk about the fight sequences in this movie? <laughs> Because I mean, the final the final fight sequence makes Michael Bay's Transformers movies like, that the is exactly I was ever.
3: I was seeing it I was watching it with uh, Rosie the editor of Den of Geek oh yeah Rosie Fletcher I just yeah I just whispered to her like this is making Transformers look comprehensible <laughs> just because there's a bit where it's just a a complete mess of like CGI blobs. <laughs> yeah. You can't see a single thing that's going on. You're just like, what am I looking at? It's like a Jackson well, Pollock.
1: As well, because that sequence at the end is another one of those sequences where you feel like the movie's lost 20, 30 minutes. So that point where where Venom has gone, oh no, I'm a loser too. Let's go take them down. And there's a spaceship and it's going to be launched in a second. And there's a point uh, There's a point at which like, it cuts from Venom looking to... Riot kind of emerging o- over Riz Ahmed, and then cuts back to Venom. And I wasn't sure who I was watching at, e- at either one time because it felt like... Because oh, they look so to- similar. Yeah, we need to link these two scenes uh, somehow. And yeah, and also they look so similar. Um, and then, yeah, when you... I kind of appreciated how because it wasn't the aspects of the movie that I was interested in, I didn't care about watching the symbiotes fight. So I appreciated mm-hmm. that at least it was quick and inconsequential. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. if, that, if that final sequence had been like a Batman v Superman 20 minute... <laughs> Slugfest. Yeah. <laughs> Slimefest, I guess, in this case. <laughs> um, it would It would have really bothered me. But... As it was, I was like, "This is crap," but I can tell that it's not going to last more than a few minutes. Uh, the
2: thing that I you found really a bit finding strange... all the silver linings today, aren't you? Just <laughs> <laughs> gonna
1: say like that's very. It was,
2: <laughs> I was
1: just having a good time. <laughs> like I say, I, there was there is going to be no arguments from me that this is a good movie, but I can't deny that I enjoyed watching it because of aspects
3: the, i mean the thing is like i feel like you're having the same reaction i had to suicide squad which is that <laughs> you just watch it and you go this is barely competent as a piece of entertainment but there's something about it like for me it was like just Margo robbie and will smith and their chemistry i was just watching that film going like this is dumb but i'm enjoying it
4: and yeah I f- that, like i understand that, that might like, be fair
3: yeah i think you're having the same reaction to venom which, for me, like, I I don't think you can compare it to any movie other than Suicide Squad in terms of quality. Like, it's, it's not a Fantastic Four, which is, like, technically incompetent in every way and completely lacking in charm in any area. Mm. Like, there are definitely things about this movie that are enjoyable. And I would say to anyone, if you like Venom, you know, watch on Netflix. Watch it free because there's... You know forty minutes of stuff in there that will at least be fun to watch
1: at, at the I minimum. the difference between those two movies for me is that this movie feels kind of shitty and incompetent at times in that they've thought, like plot wise that they've really thrown things together, and like you say, I'm on the action at the end being like woefully substandard, but there are never points where I'm like oh. God, oh, like, oh, God, I hate, like, stop cutting back to this hateful character. Yeah. I, I just, I, I was like, oh, it's, like, it's incompetent. But I don't feel, I don't feel angry at it for anything that it's doing. There's no aspect of this movie that I'm like, oh, God, this is, this is really interminable. Is this going to be over soon? Uh, which I got constantly through Suicide Squad. And I don't think there's, for me, there's nothing in this movie as bad as Jared Leto's Joker.
3: That is fair, and like the the reason I think Venom is better than Suicide Squad is because it is also shorter than Suicide Squad.
1: How how long was it? So this is one hundred and twelve minutes, but it didn't feel that long. I feel like a solid twenty five of that must have been credits. There because... was a lot. There are a lot of
3: credits considering the running time.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: speaking of credits, we we're sort of bearing the lead here, but. Venom has an Eminem song, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, that is the perfect way, right? That's
3: the perfect ending to this film is for it to like burst out with an Eminem song, <laughs> and you're like, yeah, that's the right tone for it, like fucking ludicrous, Ooh. just ludicrous.
1: I it is a um, nineties throwback of it. It's it's a it's a bad piece of music. <laughs>
2: oh gosh so, yeah. Yeah, as, a, as, a, as a lot of Venom um, <laughs> Venom has said a lot in, in the track uh, yes <laughs> can I, just, uh, I, I wanna... I'm just
1: I'm just looking at the I'm looking at the lyrics now It is
4: chorus is
1: Venom I got that adrenaline momentum and I'm not knowing when I'm ever going to slow up and I'm ready to snap at any moment mm-hmm. I'm thinking it's time to go get them they ain't going <laughs> to know what hit them When they get bit with the venom, I got that adrenaline momentum, and then and then we go again. Um, None of those words mean anything.
3: (laughs) I mean, for me, right the the bit that I think there are two bits that I want to talk about, just quickly. Um, The first is the first the the bit where this film absolutely turned for me and became suddenly entertaining, not necessarily intentionally. It's when, after you have that big sequence of like Tom Hardy bonds with the suit and it, it sort of puppets him, you know, it fights with him and does this sequence where it's essentially using his body and involuntarily.
1: In the apartment? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: And so, and you know, Great. you have this whole big Great chase. Scene. And at the very end of it, he escapes and he goes and sits on like the bridge or wherever he is, just looking out over the water. And yeah. the suit kind of comes out of him. And it goes, you're a loser, Eddie. <laughs> yeah. And that was the thing that I probably laughed so hard at because that's the point <laughs> where the film completely changes tone and it becomes this like weird sort of Deadpool-esque thing where you're watching a bad film, but there's an interior monologue pointing out how bad it all is.
1: <laughs> I, I, I felt like the movie always had that comedic bent, but it was it was literally just when Tom Hardy was... If Tom Hardy's not on screen it's a different movie but if Tom Hardy's on screen you're watching a comedy and like that sequence starts with him involunt- involuntarily beating up the people in his apartment and apologizing to each of them as he- as he does it and like not understanding what's going on um and kind of like i mean the scene where he sees the he sees the eyes for the first time in the mirror kind of pop out of his and jumps back so hard that he knocks himself out against the bathroom wall that's really good slapstick. That's a, that is that is good slapstick comedy.
3: Do you think it was intended to be? Yes. I think they, yes. were, I think they thought they were making a horror movie at that point.
1: No, uh, I, I think Tom Hardy was aware what type of movie he was making all along. And I think at some point, the filmmakers had to kind of embrace it. And <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of those Venom lines were <laughs> added, added later fuck, on yeah. as the film... As kind of they agreed to to move it a little bit more in Tom Hardy's direction. I think if you make a sequel to this, you just fully embrace it because oh, that definitely, is the definitely.
2: I would love to sit down with the filmmakers and actually discuss <laughs> what they thought, what like which scenes were that they were going for it to be funny and which scenes they were not. Because I'm not sure it's as clear as you think of this. Yeah, um... no, I agree. With that. <laughs> uh yeah uh, i mean i tell of... you
3: when you've nicely segued actually into something that i think is hilarious but is also definitely not intended to be which is the scene where venom's first talking to eddie and he's like i'm in your head eddie i i know everything you know there are no secrets between us <laughs> next scene his phone rings he looks at it It says Anne, and venom goes who's that who's,
2: uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's like, sorry yeah, no right. secrets no secrets <laughs>
1: The movie, I'm not sure, set out to be funny, right? (laughs) And the script is a bad script, but I fully believe that Tom Hardy went into this role thinking that he was going to do one of these Steve Martin, Rick Moranis-esque throwback performances and really do like a really do like double down on this split personality it would, and play up the absurdity of it all.
3: It would certainly explain the performance he gives which is just so far from any choice that sort of any rational actor would make. I like love he just it. he does no it's a great like yeah I agree it's you're having a great time when he's like flailing around insanely. But I do think there's a huge mismatch between the movie that the director and script were and the movie that Tom Hardy is
1: in, well like I say, I think they probably started off at different directions, and the reason you see such a tonally inconsistent movie is because a- at some point they 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 realized they had to include bits of both because that's what they'd filmed,
2: yeah, and like you don't
1: you don't get a movie that is taking itself entirely seriously where Tom Hardy throws himself into that lobster tank and then starts chowing down on one.
3: Although <laughs> everyone in the restaurant is trying to play that straight. <laughs> like, they're all sitting there just sort of sitting yeah, at it the table fu- with their monocles it be funny popping if out, they, going like, It wouldn't be funny oh, if they were oh, all playing dear. along. But, I mean, it just, they don't react like people.
0: Like, know, they're just so. sitting
3: there watching. They're not, they're, like, confused about what's going on. As if, mm. it's as if they haven't been given a script and Tom Hardy (laughs) is just doing what he wants, and they're trying to improvise around him.
2: That's definitely what it felt like.
3: Yeah. Like, they're just all stunned into being unable to interact with him in any way. And then, like, he's talking... The reason he goes to that restaurant is to give her his phone so that she can keep the evidence safe. And then I'm pretty sure he's still holding it when he sits in the water tank.
1: I was wondering that. that. Yeah. (laughs)
3: This is one of many scenes where something happens and it doesn't ma- match with what actually you see on screen. Like when they're when he escapes with Venom, they do that big car chase. Uh, Carlton Drake starts off saying like like catch him and bring him back. So naturally, they bust out the explosive drones to try and kill him. <laughs> and towards the end of the sequence, they go, "Oh no, no, wait! Don't kill him!" Like, okay. But, like, they oh. they spend the whole time trying to blow him up because they want to get Venom back.
1: But, James. <laughs> <Yes. some hardy laughs> <left. Yes. laughs> yeah. Tom Hardy left. Oh, gosh. Wait, wait, uh, I'm s- going to s- keep s- going back to it because the script is bad. The movie's kind of bad, but I like it. I liked
2: watching it. It's a, Tom Hardy is a, is an is an impressive defence. I can't I can't lie.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay, the thing is, right? If it was if it was a two hour movie, I think you would have you would probably have changed your mind about this because it would have just been interminably long. The fact that it's a shade over ninety minutes really helps it.
1: Right. So if right here's the thing: if Tom Hardy says that his it, it's one hundred and twelve minutes long, by the way. Yeah. That's like eight minutes short of two hours. A lot of that is credits, mm. though. Okay, I, yeah. I, I'm willing to concede that a lot of credits. <laughs> um, Tom Hardy said that his favorite forty minutes of the movie were cut. <laughs> I would, I I would like to, and if they're if they are Tom Hardy's favorite forty minutes, <laughs> I imagine they would probably also be my favorite forty minutes because it probably means it's Tom Hardy doing more of the business. They did did talk about a lot of puppeting that got missed out, apparently. So um, what you're
2: saying is, Joe, hashtag release the hardy cut.
1: Honestly, I'm <laughs> <on>. <laughs> if you hadn't said it, I would. <laughs> I almost tweeted it coming out and I was like, I don't want to give away my thoughts on this movie before I speak to you guys. Because I knew, I knew as soon as I liked it, I was like, this is good. Oh, what, what, a, what a twist this is going to be. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm i I'm going to be all over this Blu-ray, you guys. <laughs> in a, in a mm-hmm. way that, for example, I will not be for Deadpool 2.
2: That's fair. Yeah. I, 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 I wasn't the biggest fan of Deadpool 2. Um, I will probably... re-watch this movie. I will definitely re-watch mm-hmm. this movie. We should probably talk about the fact that Viat was going to pilot a spaceship by himself. Um, <laughs> Like, ignoring all the safety protocols... <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was an interesting scene that, Well let's um, talk, let's
3: talk about Riot in general in there.
2: <laughs> Like they've got this whole control room full of
3: people Presumably there are some astronauts on standby somewhere And <laughs> like it is essentially Elon Musk walking in to SpaceX and going like Oh yeah I'll go up in this rocket And everyone just sort of goes uh, Okay I guess so It's your money Why not
1: Yeah so, so that sounds believable That sounds like real life <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah because that's you know if Elon Musk did that it would be fine
1: I mean I feel like he could probably get away with it he can't even get <laughs> away with smoking a joint <laughs> He would, yeah he would eventually have to sell that company as yeah. well or um, <laughs> we'll have it forcibly taken from him now I think we should talk about riot in general because this is the this is the villain the villain of the movie and as we've already explained with Carlton his villainy doesn't properly track because in the in the edit of the movie that remains, he's a guy running a company that ostensibly has good aims. Nothing ever really refutes that the company has those good aims. It just seems like they do some pretty shitty stuff to get there. Mm-hmm. So he is not really... He's not a fleshed out compelling villain because it feels like they've kind of contradicted themselves in the... In the way they've established him. So then the main villain of the movie becomes Riot, who, as we explained already, has taken six months to walk across Malaysia.
4: <laughs> yeah.
1: Has eventually got has eventually got over to San Francisco. And in the in the guise of a little girl, walks into the <laughs> into the Life Foundation. Which has already had a major break-in. You would expect Sim is on pretty good lockdown. She gets in, walks up to Riz Ahmed and goes, Ah, there you go. Yep. (laughs) And then Riz Ahmed is Riot then. And so Riot kind of becomes what Venom says he is earlier in the movie, which is kind of like an alien scout who is here to bring all of his men to Earth. And then we'll wipe out the earth, which again, probably tallies with your theory about the movie. So like early on, isn't, isn't Rizame's character convinced that like ecological disaster is going to hit this hit mm-hmm. the, and hit the world within a generation. Yep. So he needs to get his people down. Whereas if he's riot all along, he knows that that devastation is not ecological. It's it's the symbiotes. But yeah, so his plan is basically I am going to be Venom when Venom was bad. Except now Venom's not bad, so there is a barrier in my way.
3: Yeah, because Venom has changed yeah. his mind about wanting to destroy Earth or whatever. Mm. He says, and "No, so- I like
1: it here now." <laughs> <laughs> and so, and what do, and what do they say about I want you remember. They say something about like he's, like, it, Riot is, like, the leader of their gang, of their, like, are they, like, a military unit or something?
2: Yeah, I think Venom's line is that Riot is a team leader.
3: Yeah, he's what um, you yes. would call a team leader.
2: <laughs> yeah, because they, they, the the symbiotes themselves were created by a being called Null. And in, <laughs> um... This is sort of, yeah, this a little bit of comic trivia. lore, yeah. <laughs> but, um, uh, in the... Well, in Guardians of the Galaxy, no, the Celestial, which the severed head, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, um, that uh, being was killed by Null um, in the comics, um, but, and see, Null and Null also created the symbiotes. Yes, right. I think it was Thor who, because um, uh, I think Null tried to come to Midgard to conquer it, but Thor stopped him. Um, in the comments of memory, serves.
1: all of this goes to serve. In spite of all I've said about the movie, all of this kind of points in the direction of to me anyway. Of if this really is the movie that you are going to be launching your extended Spider verse with, or should we call it the Spiderless? Enter the Spiderless verse. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we enter the Spiderless verse with a character who. I know he looks Spider-Man-ish, right? Because of the eyes. But Venom is a character to me who always screams not like the rest of Spider-Man.
3: Yeah, because he's an alien. Like, it's not... Spider-Man is all about science gone wrong. Yeah. Venom is an alien who came to Earth through sort of some weird cosmic adventure. That is really kind of outside Spider-Man's direct sphere of of.
1: It's, it's, it's know, a secret. Of secret what from Secret War, right? Yeah, Secret yeah. Wars, the first Secret Wars, the first
3: se- the first ever Secret War.
1: Yeah. So that's where he canonically comes from. Yeah. It just feels. It feels like a weird place to start this universe.
3: Yeah, a, a much smarter place to start the universe would have been, say, a Morbius film. Where you have a guy, a scientist, who, you know, screws himself up with an experiment and uses the powers he gets to somehow better the world. Like, that's a Spider-Man story, right? Yeah. Yeah. Spider-Man stories are science gone wrong and crime bosses. Yeah. Yeah. Not aliens coming to, to Earth from a comet.
1: But I guess when you get it right like this, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> um. <laughs> Do you remember know something, actually? Something.
3: Because, like, obviously, that was a problem in Spider Man 3 as well, right? Which is that blah, 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 superpower, superpower science. Oh, look, aliens too. Yeah. Do you not find hate- it strange that in this film, the effect for the symbiote is basically identical as the one from Spider Man 3? It's like it's they good, went. Oh, here. we got it right then, so let's just use that again. Like that's is how he's it supposed to look. It's a little bit gooier, but it's basically it has that weird thing of like a but looking like a bunch of tendrils kind of rolling over themselves.
1: He's yeah. it, he's bigger and well, yeah, I guess in symbiote form, yeah, yeah. He does look he does look kind of different when he's actually on Eddie. Not that different though. Not that different. I guess he is. He's got more tongue going on. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, uh, I'm told that that is kind of like a,
2: it's already a weird kind of Tumblr thing <laughs> that like people <laughs> people like the tongue. I mean <laughs> that that does not surprise me. This is the same <laughs> type of people who thought Thanos was hot and made all these memes. So yeah, <laughs> thick, thick, thick Thanos. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Have you seen the um the Thanos done up like Killmonger? <laughs>
2: What? Oh my god! I'll find it. It's good. It's really funny. <laughs> what? Um, uh,
1: speaking of just general sexiness, I have got to tell you guys, <laughs> when when we're not in the middle of the movie and he's real sweaty, uh, Tom Hardy's a beautiful man, isn't he? Is he? I'm not. I
3: don't really get that from this film.
1: No. When when he's in full Eddie Brock mode and he's like a little bit of a bad boy and he's got his leather jacket no. on, but just the right, the right amount of stubble. Nah. He was, and I, he, he used to be used to be real pretty, and now he's got that little bit of that that grizzle on him as well. The thing, the
3: problem is, right? Because I've seen Daredevil season three or the first episode anyway, where Charlie Cox spends most of his time shirtless. I'm I i do not have eyes for anyone else.
2: <laughs> I will say this: it, it 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 will be super funny to watch this movie or watch any recent Tom Hardy movie, and then watch him in This Means War. <laughs> <laughs> he looks oh, still completely God. different <laughs> this, means, this
1: means war The movie that, just, that somehow managed to make Tom Hardy and Chris Pine Two of the least attractive men in the world Like you look at the trailer And they both look clammy Like they're both They're both perpetually clammy in that movie And it's a real hateful movie as well You're like Reese you're not a great person in this movie, but you're so much better than both of these two. <laughs> yeah. one of uh, McG, one of Mcgee's classics. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I feel like we've distracted ourselves from Venom. Um,
3: yeah. Okay, I wanna. I'm, I'm going to drag us back on topic with a couple of factoids. Oh, so you know the bit where Anne, where's the symbiote? Yes, it
2: happens. Yes, the best scene in the, the, when scene was, the movie when, when all of a sudden the symbiote has boobs.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> happens in the comics she appears in uh, the uh, comic called Sinner Takes All and, oh uh, I see what they did there Yep, uh, <laughs> yeah she, she wears the Venom symbiote uh, although she later commits
1: suicide oh, ooh, oh that's yeah. not that's not nice she um, commits that... suicide
3: for a really stupid reason as well which is that she sees Spider-Man wearing the black costume and that gives her like PTSD so she goes from her time wearing the Venom symbiote
1: Oh. Well that's a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> should we should we talk about that scene though before you get to your next factoid? Go on. So, let's let's get let's reorient ourselves in the movie. Um <laughs> Anne has discovered that that the symbiote is bonded with Eddie, and um we've had lots of great laughs, like where Venom calls Eddie a pussy for taking the elevator, <laughs> and then... That's
3: the one time it tries to be funny and he is properly funny. No! That's the one, the one actual joke in the film.
1: No, it's well, trying to be funny quite a bit. Anytime uh, that Tom Hardy is doing the Venom voice, he's trying to be funny.
3: He is trying to I'll be funny. A... The that the jumping <laughs> out the window joke is the one time there was a joke in the script that they execute successfully.
2: <laughs> I'll, I'll give, it, I'll, I'll give one more joke which I found funny, is that... um. When uh, Eddie's trying to get to sort of up the penthouse, and Venom's like, "You want up? Why don't you just say so?" And then you're next, he cut to Venom to scaling up the building. I thought that was quite funny and cool. And but, the, the scene yeah. in the the scene in the back of the cab where um,
1: Eddie is talking to her, and she's aware that Venom is probably talking to him at the same time, and then he he like he he kind of goads Eddie into telling her how he feels, and then makes fun of Eddie for it straight away afterwards. It's great buddy comedy stuff, guys. <laughs> it's fun. It's funny. Anyway, so uh, Eddie has gone to the hospital, and um, Reed Scott puts him in the MRI machine, and it's still Venom's weakness as as it was back in Spider Man Three that l- loud noises. Um, it's like uh, it's like a, insert modern popular reference here. It's like a quiet place. Um, this this year's most overrated movie. <laughs> please at please at me. Um, it's fine it's a fine movie. It's it will get it, it will end the year with the same star rating as Venom does. Three <laughs> three out of five. Um, so, so they go in the MRI machine and that and, oh, he goes near the MRI machine and it separates Venom from Eddie. And Eddie then kind of escapes, uh, but then he gets captured by the Life Foundation guys and he gets interrogated. And they say, Oh, no, we're, we're going to take you out into the woods, Miller's Crossing style, and kill you. Um, <laughs> oh, Luckily, you know doodle. what? I, I, I bet you that Ruben Fleischer thinks that he is homaging Miller's Crossing right there. <laughs> I guarantee it. Um, anyway. <laughs> Uh, so uh, they go out into the woods, and in the meantime, Venom has bonded with a. Uh, Pomeranian. A dog. Yeah. Um, and we think that that's the status quo. And, like, uh, did you guys assume that Michelle Williams was, like, driving the dog over or something so that it could rebond ready just in time?
3: No, I immediately assumed when she looked at the dog and was like, oh, I was like, okay, I see where this is going. Oh, but then that might shit. be because I knew about She Venom or whatever.
1: Yeah, you're too clever. What
2: about you, mom? I thought um, definitely she was going to drive over the dog. Um, <laughs> I, did not, I did not. Sorry, drive over. I thought you meant. I thought you meant that she was going to run the dog down for a second. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did. Well, I did not see she venom coming at all. Um, no, that, that was a surprise. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and,
1: when it, and when it happened, you guys. I mean, like if you've got your Thanos memes and you've got your Venom tongue <laughs> memes, oh then she Venom... Whoa! You, you know? She's got curves in all the right places. It's so, so weird. It's so weird. It's
3: like a praying mantis who bites your head off afterwards.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's that, that's dead up Maybe that's what they should call her. Mantis. <laughs> I can't think of any other... Yeah, I can't, think, can't remember any other that. superheroes good mantis. No. No. Um... And so <laughs> she venom takes out the guy she bites off the head of the main security guy who's been kind of a recurring threat throughout the movie um and then she walks over to Eddie to uh, you, uh, you uh, i can think, immediately think like that they're gonna like she wa- she's gonna walk over to him and the symbiote is gonna jump back over to him but she grabs him and starts making out with him. And the venom tongue is there, and Tom Hardy is really into it. Like <laughs> Eddie is enjoying this kiss, and he—it's kn- not like he—he's th- like, "Oh, this is disgusting." This is Anne. Yeah, he knows it's—he—he he can see venom. He's got the venom, t- and eventually, it switches. So it's also this kind of weird, like, erotic three-way kiss as well. Um. It's, I it's
3: mean this the is the kind of thing o- that makes me think I forget who it was like the the sony studio head or something was like I think it's inevitable spider-man will meet venom at some point like okay but did you see the movie you made <laughs> because it's never gonna happen
1: it this is the most erotically charged kiss in a spider-man movie since the upside, upside down with Mary Jane <laughs> <laughs> uh, because i I'll tell you what there is I t- it feels like something out of like a David Lynch movie Weird and weirdly Like it it has that It has that weird charge to it And I was watching and I was going This is so weird And it is inherently funny But also I kind of feel like the scene is working It, uh, <laughs> it was, it was uh, Unironically one of my favourite Moments in the movie I thought it worked. I thought it really worked on kind of a level that like as well, on one of those brief thematic levels that this is the woman that Eddie has already fallen for, but this is his kind of his new life partner. And it does feel like there is this kind of romantic tinge between Eddie and Venom as well. I mean, there are the lines in the movie where Tom Hardy talks about having the symbiote up his butt. (laughs) like that's that's how he specifically chooses to phrase it and they they kind of make double entendre jokes about like the symbiote being inside you he like says something to michelle williams doesn't he or something like oh yeah when he was inside you and oh and now he's back inside me like there is there's some weird subversive stuff in in this movie and I like it and again I'm not sure how intentional it is I could imagine Tom <laughs> Hardy just just <laughs> like improvising those lines on set and it feels to me like we talked about when he got cast in this movie how much of a get this was for Sony because all of all of the superhero franchises would have wanted Tom Hardy he was almost Rick flag in suicide squad mm-hmm. Like DC wanted him. You can you can bet any money you like that the that the X Men movies would have taken Tom Hardy in a shot, and I can guarantee you they'd have found a role for him in the MCU. So to to be kind of the Sony extended Spider the Spiderless verse, it feels like a big get, and I think Sony were aware of what a big get it was. <laughs> which is why they let him
3: do whatever the hell he wanted.
1: Yes, that's exactly what I mean. So I think I think they let him kind of roll and when he talks about his favorite 40 minutes not being in this I think they kind of like let they kind of put as much of it into the movie as they kind of physically had to.
3: I mean, it does it does sound like they let him do a lot more than he did and then they went Uh, not really sure about this let's try and make it be a bit more conventional and bottled it in doing that
1: well I think they thought that I think they had a script and thought they were making a conventional movie and Tom Hardy ever had other ideas yeah
3: but I mean you can imagine if if Eddie Brock had been played by anyone else I'm trying to think who might have played it other than him
1: I think Amon was right in terms of people who would have played it similarly it is your kind of nick cage kind of actors
3: yeah but yeah. like who would who would have played it straight though like garrett headland or something
1: oh don't I'm talk just saying, like th- that's the kind of <laughs>
3: that's the kind of alternative you would have had and the movie would have been so dull
1: without mm. with that I re- sort of actor i really i really <gasps> like garrett headland by the way Tom <laughs> so I mean, I- Hardy is listed as an executive producer on this movie but the only producers per se uh, Avi Arad, Amy Pascal, and Matt Tolmach, and hmm. yeah, you wonder whether actually potentially Tom Hardy could have had a bit more power.
2: It's just frustrating. I mean, I don't disagree with anything you're saying, but just imagine all of the Tom Hardiness we get in this movie in an actual movie that was well thought out, well constructed, well put committed, together.
1: committed, <laughs> committed to the Tom Hardiness of it all. Yes, and. Um, and embracing a plot that had been thoroughly thought out beforehand.
2: Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I mean, I am not as confident as you are that this is getting a sequel. Um, we'll see what the box office says, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, um, that's exactly and, what it's And <laughs> I just, I mean, we could we could have been getting more Tom hardy for Joe Cunningham to love, but instead we're just going <laughs> to get this one performance because uh, the filmmakers shit the better of it, which is a shame. Uh, didn't have to be this way, but hey, hell. I think it's it's more the
1: script for me than it is the direction. Having said that, um, I don't think it's a particularly inspired movie from a from a directing standpoint either. I've, no. I've never really been convinced by Ruben Fleischer. Um, I kind of feel like with Zombieland he was lucky enough to get this amazing script from Brett mm-hmm. Reese and Paul Wernick who've obviously gone on to to do all the Deadpool stuff um, I mean and, and what they done since then, 30 minutes or less which stars Aziz Ansari and Jesse Eisenberg is terrible <laughs> uh, Gangster Squad is real real bad and then it felt like that he was He'd been like put in TV jail, and somehow managed five years after Gangster Squad to get to get Venom, and and now predictably in kind of like a the kind of move that you'd see from someone like uh, Brian Singer is from a movie point of view. Anyway, is going back is going back to Zombieland, so Zombieland Two is his next movie because, uh, yeah, that's what that's the. <laughs> You've been given your shot again, and before anyone can say it's bad, attach yourself to a sequel to your really successful early movie. <laughs> um, shall we talk about one of the stars of Zombieland? Go on. Woody, Woody Harrelson. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So we'll 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 skip forward to the end credits. I feel like we 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 talked a lot about the end of this movie anyway. Mm. Um we can come back and kind of tie it all in a ribbon, but I do want to talk about this mid-credit sequence which um introduces Woody Harrelson as like a, a serial killer who's behind bars. And I honestly well, I, I was expecting the post-credit stuff to see up carnage, but I don't know who I don't know anything about Carnage beyond that he's the other like well-known symbiote, and so when I saw this guy behind bars played by Woody Harrelson, I was like, "Oh, it's Woody Harrelson! Oh, he looks really distinctive with this kind oh. of like uh, <laughs> carrot top do." And then he talks for a while, and I'm like, "Wait, what is his deal? What is?" Uh, and then he says, "Oh, it's going to be Carnage," and I was like, "Oh, okay." So it was. So what's what's Carnage's deal, and is Woody Harrelson a good choice?
2: Woody Harrelson is a good choice for Carnage, but I don't know. I mean, it's tough to see what they're going to do with it now because, again, one of the big things with Carnage as compared to Venom is that the bond between Carnage and Cassidy, um, who is the alter ego, who's, who's who Woody Harrelson is playing. He Cassidy is already a serial killer. Is already a criminal before yeah before they bond. He's like a
3: redneck serial killer.
2: Yeah, and. Right that actually makes the bond between Carnage and Cassidy more powerful than the bond between Venom and Brock. Because Cassidy, or, or Carnage, actually prefer, refers to himself as I, whereas Venom is always we. Um, there's a more powerful bond um between uh, Carnage and Cassidy. And also, in the comics anyway, Carnage is the offspring of Venom.
3: Yeah, what um, happens in the comics is... Venom the symbiote comes to break Eddie Brock out of jail and leaves a piece of itself behind, which turns out to which like bonds with uh Cletus Cassidy and becomes carnage
1: right, okay, so why does it look different
3: uh <laughs> well, all symbiotes look different in in carnage's case, the symbiote was originally activated when his blood was exposed to air. Um, so okay. he he had to bleed, and that's why he's red, basically.
1: Okay, okay. I love how you said all symbiotes look different after the movie <laughs> I've just watched. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so yeah, does 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 Harrelson work for you, James?
3: Um, I mean, yeah, you could have chosen anyone for that role,
2: really. Well, I disagree. I mean, Harrelson's—I think he could bring something uh, unique to it, um, but. Um, you know, again, should um, the he get a see- the, the sequel actually come to pass, he'll be renegotiating that contract for sure. <laughs> yeah, um,
3: I mean the thing—he yeah. does a good sort of redneck Texan accent or whatever he he's doing. To be honest, I thought it was Luke Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I was like, who is that? Is that Luke Wilson? Oh no! Oh, right, it's yeah, it's Woody Harrison in a bad wig. James. St- 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 you know how bad I am shorts. with actors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's that's Woody. It just it didn't click for me. I had to read the credits to know to learn who it was.
2: Oh, James!
3: <laughs> yeah. I this is why I'm the comics guy.
1: <laughs> um, for for all I like this movie, what I want to see more of in a sequel is mm-hmm. Tom Hardy doing what he's doing here. But as, I, as Amon said, like, surrounded by a movie that is on board with that and has a kind of completed script in place. Or, sorry, not completed script. Has a script that they are willing to commit to filming and keeping most of in the final edit. So it still makes sense. I don't really care about Venom fighting other symbiotes. Like, that was the least interesting aspect of this movie to me. And... That is the only area at which I go, ah, so that's why it doesn't work not having Spider-Man there because this character's main antagonist is not is not available.
2: I think the fact that Carnage is the offspring of Venom, there's interesting stuff to do there uh, should they go that way and have them fight, which is what, what it looks like they're trying to set up. But will um, they do
1: that because... It, it, we like I said, there's there's a fourth symbiote in this world that they didn't really address in this movie. Mm, I'm I, assuming it's not a Blade Runner-esque mistake where they miscounted.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think they're gonna introduce Carnage by way of that. Because like I mean I guess they've set up that Venom and Cassidy will be in the same room so maybe something can happen then but you know it's it's equally possible they had a scene where the other one dies but it got cut and they just never went and
1: fixed it yeah absolutely Yeah. yeah um let's let's flip back to to the end of the movie um at the end of the main movie anyway. So we've we've talked about the actual fight with Riot and the nonsense and the spaceship of it all. Um, it can't be underestimated how confusing this is because, like, at one point, Riot, who already has Riz Ahmed inside him, kind of envelops Venom <laughs> and Eddie as well at the same time. Yeah. yeah. And, and then they all get separated... And there's a point at which Riot appears to fully kill Eddie, but then he bonds with Venom again, and it's all fine. So, like, can the symbiotes cure death, or do we just assume that Eddie was like almost dead? Eddie, Eddie dead? was presumably just about alive. Right. Okay. Um, and it, yeah, it, it really does all kind of from the moment that they they have the the sexy kiss. And then, <laughs> and then he's like, I'm off to save the day. Um. And they go and have that fight. It's like, that is like five to ten minutes max, right? Up until yeah. the end of the fight. Yeah. And the and fight do, do... ends with them up on the spaceship. This sp- So that, uh, that he stabbed... Riot has uh, stabbed Eddie. Riot gets into the spaceship, still in full Riot form. And then... Venom and Eddie manage to just about bond and then they are they're, they're flying up in the spaceship and then Venom manages to get back up just in time, blows up the spaceship and because the other weakness is fire, that works and that's that's it for the main thrust of the story It's just <laughs> yep. it's just done oh and also it looks like Venom has burned up as well
2: yeah. I will say this there's there's one aspect of that fight that I did find quite entertaining um because just before the fight starts Venom's like Riot's got loads of cool weapons which you know like what that like, like we, like we don't have and then like the fight starts and Riot does like a big axe you know, crazy he's <laughs> like holy shit as like, i told you uh, I thought that was quite funny <laughs> 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 um, but yeah they <laughs> It's, it's not cuz they could they could have done so much with that but it's so dimly lit you can't really understand what's going on from for the vast majority of it uh, wasted opportunity in a movie which has many of them
1: oh i'm on
2: i'm sorry no, he's joe he's right
1: i agree with him <laughs> no uh, yeah it's you are correct, but also <laughs> you're you're missing the spirit of the occasion. <laughs> <laughs> so the movie ends. We think that Venom has died and um Tom Hardy and Michelle Williams are having this like little heart to heart on a doorstep and they're friends again. I don't think they're back together. I think they are like they are now friends, but they're not back together per se.
4: Yep,
2: that's the vibe I got.
1: And he is, he's doing journalism again, but he's writing now rather than, I guess eventually will he become a photographer? What's going to go on there? <laughs> oh he's yeah, doing, I mean, Prince the future. <laughs> so he's doing, he's doing, he's doing print journalism, um, and I guess things are okay for her as well. Everyone seems pretty happy. They've got some takeaway coffee. It's fine. Um... <laughs> And then just randomly, and again I know I should have seen this coming I guess I guess, I just assumed that we would see them kind of rebond Like maybe in the mi- mid credit scene or something But no, Venom, Venom is just still there And he just starts chatting with him again And I was like, oh, again, like the movie, funny, it's funny
2: <laughs> Parasite! Parasite! Take it back! Yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> And then they have uh, one one final scene where Venom gets to fully eat ahead.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We are Venom. You know, it's, it's 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 funny the amount of combat movies which have the final scenes in their trailers. Uh, Venom, yeah. is the other one which, which has the final scene of the movie basically in the trailer.
1: Who would you would when you can't tell though? It's fine. Because I I would not have paid that as the final scene of the movie. True. The, the "We Are Venom" line—it's uh, yep.
2: my, it's my favorite line. We are Venom. Not turning in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Which has to be the worst line of dialogue I've heard in any film this year.
1: It's, my yeah, goodness.
2: That, yeah. Yeah,
0: that was bad. Yeah, that was. Bad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so they're back together, and now it seems like they're rolling together pretty harmoniously, um, and. Venom is willing to be kind of kept under check as long as Eddie, eventually, every so often, lets him eat the head of a bad guy.
2: What a happy ending! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. As I said, I just I think it would have been much better if they embraced full villain, um, at least at this point. But yeah, um, I guess it worked for the relationship and um. And and yeah, I in talking with you, uh, Joe, you have made me a believer in the Eddie Brock Venom relationship. So I could, I guess, I can accept <laughs> that endpoint a little bit more. I um, would, I think, it is a
1: good status quo to carry on with that character. I would, I would hire new screenwriters, producers, and director. But yeah. otherwise, I think you're on, you're to a winner with Tom Hardy and Michelle Williams left in that movie. And yeah, and then Woody Harrelson, I guess, as well. <laughs> Give us Venom 2, for goodness sake. Um, guys, I want to talk about the post credit scene.
3: Well, but given that that's a completely different
1: movie, can <laughs> no, I... Can no, we no, just... no, 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 no. It's not a completely different movie, yeah. but I'll let you finish. <laughs> yeah, okay.
3: So um, I just want to point out, there's something in this film, right? Um there a lot of people are saying like oh does does this take place in the mcu are there any spider-man references there are explicitly no spider-man references like this film does not have a spider-man in it even uh, tenuously
2: Um, was out of its way yeah
4: it
3: has it has an astronaut (laughs) called jameson but you never hear his first name so it might not be john jameson (laughs) There are two things it does, one of which makes it equally likely that this could be in the DC universe. <laughs>
4: right?
3: So, there's one thing where Eddie mentions the Daily Globe, which is yeah. the the newspaper you use when you can't use the Daily Bugle. Which, even though Sony own it, they are presumably staying away from it so as to not piss off Marvel. Um. So that's, this
1: movie, of course, made in association with Marvel. Yes, as it says. in association
3: with <laughs> distance yeah. distance from Marvel. <laughs> arms length, made at arm's length with Marvel. Um, <laughs> but worth pointing out, in Daredevil, Phil Yorick works at the Daily Globe and Karen Page now, in oh. fact. So, you know, so this could, be, it set could be set in the Netflix Marvel MCU. Burst. However, there's also <laughs> that scene where, you know, where Venom is just sort of listing his weaknesses for no reason. Just so yeah. you know, what's what's going to happen in the final act?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um,
3: the, she says, "Oh, so sound is like your kryptonite or something."
1: Yes.
4: Yeah. <laughs> so
1: this
3: this movie takes place in a world where kryptonite is a thing, <laughs> or at the very least, the DC universe is a thing.
1: Right. Okay, and this is where I want to take us onto that post-credits scene. Yes. How is it teed up, James? <sighs> James, I, how is it teed up? I
3: honestly up? I don't know anything other than being like, oh, so they're advertising a children's movie after this 15-rated to of
1: James, how is it how is it teed
3: up? I honestly, what how is it teed up? Meanwhile, in another universe. Uh... Oh,
1: it's a multiverse, James! <laughs> it's a motherfucking multiverse! <laughs> they're all they're all connected. They're all this venom is just another universe. And in the other universe is presumably the MCU. And in another universe, there is the main universe from Spider Man Enter the Spider Verse. Or Into the Spider Verse, whatever that movie's called. Um, and that's what Sony are doing. They, so maybe, and do you know what? I kind of hope this is what they do. They keep all of their Spider Man spin offs separate and only connect them if they're actually successful. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, kind of like what would have been a nice get out for DC. Like, <laughs> yeah, just not I don't mentioning know, one, that
3: they were the same.
1: Yeah, we we want to continue with our Wonder Woman and maybe she can pass into a parallel universe to team up with Batman and Superman, should those characters mm. be good and successful, which they weren't. Mm-hmm. Um, so, right. So we've got a multiverse. We've got a Sony Spiderless verse, which is where Venom is set and then the other Spider-Verses. And we should talk about the trailer for Spider-Verse here as well, because this is like a five-minute scene, which is where the version of Peter Parker, who will be in Into the Spider-Verse, and the version of Miles Morales are going to interact, where they meet for the first time. That's the extended scene. But also this week, we got a trailer for that movie. Um, And I think what got a lot of people excited was that, like slight suggestion that if not actually that specific Peter Parker, that like the Peter Parker of this movie is gonna be like Raimi based because he has that scene that is from Spider Man two when he's telling the story of like saving New York in the past. And I don't expect that to be the Toby Maguire Peter Parker, because it it, it isn't. But in the comics, the Spider Verse comics, they like referenced. Oh, there's a guy over there that looks like Andrew Garfield, and there's a guy over there that looks like Tobey Maguire. And I think Into the Spider Verse could have a lot of fun with that. And if you do actually want to count that as like one of the many universes, it just happens that this movie is animated and the others are live action. They can they can have fun with their Spider Man universe, and I like it mostly because of how much it must annoy you. <laughs>
2: i i had a lot of fun uh with uh that post credit scene i was yeah. surprised it went on for so long yeah me too <laughs> um but yeah i really enjoyed everything about it. It's, it's it looks beautiful on yep. visual visual level um you know both of the chase sequences which you saw just look really 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 great um and yeah i'm excited for miles morales to to get his jewel um I'm sure his live-action debut is not too far away, uh, but for now, this will definitely satiate me.
1: And I'm on on the on the trailer. The kind of like opening and closing shots are like a Black Panther homage as well. It's like, I recognize. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like it's like this is this is our kind of coming out moment for Miles Morales. And you know, guys, just so you know, it's kind of a big deal. It's a little bit like Black Panther. You are going to see one of the iconic Marvel black characters finally come into the screen. Obviously being less of a wait for Miles Morales than it has been for uh, T'Challa. But um, oh, yeah. yeah, I loved it. James, are you still not on board with this movie?
3: I wouldn't say I'm not on board with it. Like, I'm not excited by it.
1: But Have you seen, have you seen the trailer? The new trailer? Really, though? <No. laughs> yeah. It, it looks oh, fine. Geez. John Mulaney, <laughs> Spider Ham. Mm. John Mulaney, Spider Ham.
3: Nah. Spider Ham is the one bit of the trailer where I was just like, "Oh no!" Like the rest of it, I was just <laughs> fine with. Like, okay, I'm not excited, but I like it. The Spider Ham, I was like, oh, "That would, that's gonna piss me off."
1: I like Spider Ham. Mm-hmm. I've never read a comic with, with Spider Ham in that I haven't enjoyed. <laughs> um. Oh.
3: The thing is, right, that the scene at the end of Venom, I was watching it going like, it reminds me of a sort of sub-Pixar movie where there are things that are supposed to be funny, but I'm not laughing at them because they're just like, oh, look, he's hitting a bunch of stuff. Ha, ha, ha
1: When you say sub-Pixar, you don't actually like Pixar.
3: Well, that's the thing. I don't like Pixar. And this is, this is like something that is worse than Pixar. <laughs> i'm sure I
1: it'll think, be fine
3: right i'm gonna i'm gonna I take think, Emmy, I he... and i will probably mm. enjoy it a reasonable amount but i'm not the doing, like, Seb great. had a massive go at me earlier in the week <laughs> because i was he went if you're not like buzzing over that trailer i don't want to know you and i was just like <laughs> I, I don't feel it i don't it's just it's not
2: it's it, no two Titans go to it, the movies it really <laughs> isn't
3: it, is, it so isn't <laughs>
0: Uh, I am, I'm,
1: yeah. I'm in. The, I think uh, I'm in the can for Into the Spider Verse. <laughs> Me too. Um, and I and you know what? Like, I agree, James. It felt I was stunned that it was on the end of this, but I I kind of do. think... A, Sony wants to advertise their Spider Man related movie that is coming out in a few months time. Um, and I think that it looks like a movie that's appealing to adults and kids. So it's not completely unreasonable. It's certainly a step up from advertising a different studio's movies at the end of their movies. <laughs> um and I do think it 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 serves as a subtle hint of this is the direction we could take our movies in which is I I'm not taking that as confirmation that like Venom exists in one universe and MCU Peter Parker exists in another and then there are the Spider-Verse universes as well. But I think it's an avenue that they could go down, and I think it's one that would make sense, and I kind of hope they do. Like I was very glad that the post-credit sequence wasn't Jared Leto's Morbius, not because I don't <laughs> not because I don't like Jared Leto, which I don't. Uh, but um, I just don't need them to tell me that those two characters are in the same universe. Tell your separate stories and yeah if eventually it makes sense to bring them together, then do but yeah don't DC it give give yourself options <laughs> and similarly if venom is re- if if venom is received at the box office similarly to how you two have just received it um and there is no cause for a sequel whatsoever then fine ignore venom and make another movie with a different character and see whether that one hits and if it does, then that's a character you can keep around and keep making sequels. The thing
3: about. is, I think they've built up the idea of a spiderless verse so, so completely that it's just gonna be like Dark Universe, where they even even if they release a completely otherwise standalone instalment, people are just gonna go, oh, I'm not not interested in that. Cause that connects to the other bad film.
1: I don't know I d do, I don't know. I, unless you market it as such. The problem with Dark Universe was it. It had its logo, and it introduced Russell Crowe, and it introduced. Um, oh, wasn't there another one? There was another one that it kind of hinted at, or whatever. And they and they showed the the cast picture, like yeah. with like J- with Johnny Depp, and um, they were gonna do Bride of Frankenstein, and yeah, it was it was like that was what would have w- the baggage there if they release a Morbius movie that is just like, here is another superhero movie related movie from Sony that doesn't mention Venom, doesn't mention Spider-Man. I don't think they need to be weighed down by association to each other. And also, you, if I, if if they do choose to link them, I'd be like, oh great, this next movie's going to be funny like the Venom movie was. <laughs> <laughs> ah, So, guys,
2: is it for you the worst superhero movie of this year? Yes. Uh... I right, say so that Quickly, without
3: hesitation. Uh, okay, <laughs> on a pure craft level, it is the worst. Yeah. In terms of the fun I had watching it, I
1: you enjoyed it more than Ant Man. I definitely
3: <laughs> did enjoy it more than Ant Man. <laughs> Ant Man Two was just two hours of tedium for me.
1: Mm. This uh,
3: this I was at least having half of the movie. I was having a good time.
1: And I enjoyed it more than Deadpool Two because it didn't at any point make me very very angry. <laughs> Fair enough.
4: <laughs> it is okay. it's
3: definitely this year's suicide squad
1: <laughs> so that was venom uh james um and uh, maybe you as well i'm on do you have any comic book recommendations based on venom
2: i do not have any comic book recommendations but as you know yes. i'm a big fan of animated stuff um and there's a number of really good animated uh venom appearances um, in the far too brief series, Spectacular Spider-Man, um, Venom, uh, has a really, really cool arc, uh, in, in that series. I highly recommend checking that out. And also in the 90s Spider-Man cartoon, uh, Venom pops up, uh, on multiple, uh, sort of episodes there too. I can't remember them off my heart, but I'm sure Google will help you out on that front. Uh, but yeah, I highly recommend checking them out. Especially the spectacular Spider-Man that does some really good episodes there.
1: Um, fantastic. Uh, James, do you have a comic to recommend? You know, I guess the comics to read. Obviously,
3: I can't remember the, the issue numbers off the top of my head, but I guess you should read the first proper Venom appearance. That said, I think if I was going to recommend anything off the back of this movie, it would be the Venom Lethal Protector miniseries which actually has a lot of Spider-Man in, but it's technically Venom's first solo series. Um, It's the one that introduces the Life Foundation and Carlton Drake. Uh, It also introduces, because I read it for the first time after seeing this film. Right. (laughs) It turns out uh, Venom sets up home with a, a bunch of homeless people who live in a subterranean version of San Francisco which it was buried in the great earthquake that happened there and the homeless people found it and set up their own sub community and they uh, have a little council and they invite Venom to live with them because he saves their lives. Wow. And they're all like wearing Victorian <laughs> costumes and stuff. It is absolutely insane. And also every uh, like, cause they set a venom as being so powerful. Every issue of lethal protector has a scene where someone turns up with a sonic gun and knocks him out going like, Uh, luckily we know his one weakness it (laughs) happens like five times in six issues (laughs)
1: Uh, so you're recommending a comic that you found partly laughable yeah Mm
3: -hmm. for the film that i found partly laughable
1: right okay that is absolutely (laughs) fair enough um (laughs) i mean just
3: just to be serious the point is it's the film that tried to reposition venom from being a a villain to being an anti-hero so at the very least it's relevant in that sense
4: yeah
1: okay uh we'll move on to our final section now which is the pitch um and um i'll let you know what the pitch is going to be for next week's mini-sode um guys 40 minutes were cut from this movie i want you to pitch me your ideal version of venom with 40 minutes put back in (laughs) okay okay You can remove 40 minutes as well if you want, or it can be a a two-and-a-half-hour epic. I don't care. I'm on board. So pitch me your ideal version of Ruben Fleischer's Venom. Um, And that is the the pitch for the next episode. Uh, Amon, thank you so much for coming back and joining us for this um, Symbiote special. (laughs) Always a pleasure. Well, I will... I don't know, what is, the, what is the next movie that Seb is going to struggle to make it to and we can get you back in for? <laughs> you, what, what are you doing
2: around the release of Aquaman? <laughs> uh, to that I say, yeah! Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I will say that the, I mean, I haven't sort of seen the uh, newly released trailer, but the poster which went online the other day was genuinely good. Um, Was
3: it? A, a, I found the tagline a bit confusing. The tagline is, a tide is coming. This is yeah, not a t- phrase people use, right? <laughs> the tide is coming, maybe. A tide is coming. <laughs> Did we say that? I don't think we say that. <laughs> I love how
2: pedantic
3: you're being about this. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. So <laughs> it says, oh yeah, a tide's coming. Like, uh, a tide of what?
1: No, I haven't watched the trailer yet, but I heard someone say that it's like five minutes long and shows a lot of the plot of the movie. Wow. Five minutes long. Uh, I don't know. It's good to know DC haven't bottled the marketing for a change. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I saw a tweet that could be complete nonsense. But hey, we'll have to wait and see for Aquaman. uh, See whether um, 2018 2018 can go out with a bang when it comes to superhero movies. Although it's like Aquaman and um, Into the Spider-Verse are released like within a week of each other. It's going to be a busy December for this podcast because uh, you can bet your life we're covering both of those new as they come out. I
3: mean, we could probably um, cover Battle Angel Elita now because that is based on a comic. Sorry, Elita Battle
1: Angel. No, but wait—that's that's been pushed back, James.
3: Yeah, to February.
1: To February.
4: Yeah.
1: I mean, we can, Yeah, we can. We can absolutely do it for Valentine's Day if that will make you happy. Yeah. Was happy. it you who said that has got a very good chance of being next year's Valyrian? Yeah.
3: Uh, it, yeah. it was almost this year's Valerian, but now it's going to be next year's Valerian.
1: Yeah, it can be any year's Valerian. Yep. Um, <laughs> the eyes, they're so big. Um, can I get back to playing yeah. Spider-Man now? Oh, yeah, I I am also going to be doing that after this podcast, going to play some Spider-Man PS4. Maybe that will be a future episode. We covered We covered Arkham Asylum at one point, we so did. maybe there's a Spider-Man PS4 bonus episode in this podcast future. Maybe that's what we get you back for, I'm I'm, I'm definitely game for that. <laughs> nice um, is Enjoyed any- it. <laughs> is there anything you would like to plug before the podcast ends someone where people can find you on twitter any uh any exciting hashtag content that you've got out there in the world <laughs>
2: uh so i'm on twitter at a woman, and uh yeah you can find all of my work that i'm doing uh, quite a bit for empire magazine right now which is fun uh, I'm also the world's
1: a, biggest movie <laughs>
2: magazine. It's true, it's true, say. Uh Also doing a bit for Yahoo! Movies. And I, like James, have also been lucky enough to see a few episodes of the newest season of Daredevil. And you can expect those reviews online next week.
1: I'm so excited. <laughs> I haven't watched. I think the last episode of Netflix Marvel I watched was episode three of The Punisher. <laughs> Having said that, I watched the trailers with Kingpin, in, and I love Vincent D'Onofrio so so much. And they should never let me interview him because I, 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 I would be weird. But I'm looking forward to that see- that season of television so so much. There are no ninjas left. It's going to be even better. <laughs>
2: Uh, it does oh, no actually I'm not have to talk about it yet um but yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> you I mean, almost caught me out
1: um nearly caught you getting your breaking your embargo yeah okay so that's that's all of the stuff that you can find um uh, amons online um if you want to find more from us uh and if you're enjoying the show then you should subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Player FM, Overcast or your podcast app of choice, and you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com/slash forward slash Cinematic Universe. Um, we um have blah, 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 blah. we have some T-shirts on Redbubble, which you can find, which Seb has designed and are very fun. Um, uh, including I'm on. You might be interested in this a Wakanda Forever T-shirt, where it's like in the shape of a football badge, as if it was the <laughs> Wakandan Football Association. It's pretty cool. So if you're a nerd uh, who, who th- likes football. Yes, exactly. Um that I'm not. is a niche that no. <laughs> I mean if if you're if you're a Seb Patrick type, you'll be in the can for that one. Uh, you can find more episodes of Cinematic Universe at cinematicuniverse.com. You can find us on Facebook, on Twitter at Cine underscore verse, or send us an email to editorial at cinematicuniverse.com. Thanks for listening and we will see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Attention all S.H.I.E.L.D. agents, this is Steve Rogers. You've heard a lot about me over the last few days. Some of you were even ordered to hunt me down, but I think it's time to tell the truth. S.H.I.E.L.D. is not what we thought it was. It's been taken over by Hydra. Alexander Pierce is their leader. The Strike and Insight crew are Hydra as well. I don't know how many more, but I know they're in the building. They could be standing right next to you. They almost have what they want, absolute control. They shot Nick Fury and it won't end there. If you launch those helicarriers today, HYDRA will be able to kill anyone that stands in their way unless we stop them. I know I'm asking a lot, but the price of freedom is high. It always has been, and it's a price I'm willing to pay. And if I'm the only one, then so be it. But I'm willing to bet I'm not. Cinematic Universe returns in two weeks' time with Captain America... The Winter Soldier.